6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. What to do about tailings ponds? They have been a thorn in the side of many for decades now. But now the federal government is working on regulations to allow oil sands operators to begin releasing treated tailings water back into the environment. That hasn't been allowed in decades. So here's what happens. Fresh water is used to help separate oil from sand and other materials in mines. It takes about three to four barrels of new water to produce a barrel of bitumen. And once that water is used, it is stored in these ponds, these tailing ponds, because it contains different toxins, bitumen residue, and elevated levels of salt. We've heard about them in the news over the years when wildlife lands on them, ducks, that sort of thing, and they die. They're... they're, they're, toxic. So about 1.4 trillion liters of wastewater is in tailings ponds in northern Alberta. So how would that water be treated and what is the risk of releasing it? Dr. Mohamed Gamal al-Din is the Natural Sciences and Engineer Research Council of Canada Senior Research Chair in Oil Sands Tailing Water Treatment. He's an expert in this stuff, and he joins us this afternoon. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I know a lot of these um, oil sands operators, you know, part of the commitment for using the land is the reclamation is, is is returning it to the way that it was originally found, and they can't do that as long as these these big holding ponds are still there. So now we're at a point. Exactly. Yeah, we're, now yeah. we're at a point where some scientists... Uh, believe the water can be treated enough so it can be safely discharged. Can you give us an idea? Um, because I think there's a lot of people out there going, Ooh, how does that happen? So can you explain to us how it would be treated, could be treated? Yeah. So it's like any, like in the city of Edmonton here, we use the water, we create the wastewater. It goes to uh, the wastewater plant, they treat the wastewater, according to the standards and above the, even above and beyond the standards and then it's safe to be released to the north uh, Alaska, uh, north sorry north Saskatchewan river right uh-huh. so the same thing would happen up north right uh, so we treat the oil sands process water according to the standards that are still not there uh-huh. so we need the standards to be in place if it's treated according to the standards and of course with a factor of safety so above and beyond the standards uh, that would be set up then it should be safe to be released to the lower Athabasca River. Similar to other industries where they treat the wastewater according to their standards and, and, and then release to the environment. As far as I know, there are other industries in Canada that they uh, treat their wastewater before discharging it to the environment. For example, uh, petrochemical uh, wastewater or from refinery wastewater, basically, where refineries treat their effluent before discharge and so on and so forth. So that's actually a practice that's commonly done among hmm. different industries or in, uh, in municipalities, right? So going back to the oil sands process water, yes, I believe the oil sands process water can be treated efficiently using a variety of different treatment methods ranging from engineer to engineer passive we call them engineered means you you build a treatment facility right to treat mm. it or you can have something engineered like those uh, constructed wetlands or engineered wetlands uh, some pit lake systems that have been also used elsewhere before in the world to treat other uh, industrial wastewater so there is a variety of treatment options that 
uh, have been uh, researched and we achieved good levels of treatment using these systems. The only thing we, and there has been a lot of work done by microbiologists, biologists, aquatic biologists, microbiologists, toxicologists to look at the toxicity of these waters before and after treatment to understand what their impact could be on different species, right? So there is a lot of work that has uh, been done already. So the only thing that we're waiting for now is to have the standards in place mm-hmm. that we can basically treat those waters according to these standards, right? That's all what we are waiting for now. And Dr. Mohammed Gamal Al-Din joining me this afternoon. So, you know, we talk about these these standards and we're waiting on these forthcoming standards. They've been worked on for quite a while now. I, I guess I think there's probably a lot of folks, including me, that would be asking, what would be the measure of clean? Is it is it, Would it be water that's clean enough to drink? Uh, I'll tell you what, I can take the worst wastewater you can think of. I can make a drinking water even better than your drinking water coming out of the tap you can use. Seriously. But everything, basically, uh, you probably heard there are membranes out there, membrane treatment systems. There are this, there is this and that, right? But we never treat the wastewater down to zero level. Mm. Unless, unless, unless you're in a country like Singapore and uh, you don't have, for example, enough water supplies, so I can take a municipal wastewater, treat it to a level that you can use it and drink it, right? Actually, they do that in Singapore, as far as I know, right? But basically, in many countries where you take a water out of the your river, you use it, then you treat it, you put it back into the river safely, because another community downstream on the same river will need the water. Imagine if every community takes water out, use it for mm-hmm. drinking, use it for agricultural activities, or this or that. Uh, we're going to run out of water in our uh, system, right? Because we take the water, we use it, we put it back safely. Some other people can take it and use it, put it back safely. Uh, so but this is how things uh, work, right? Yeah, and I'm guessing that returning it to, you know, the pur- the purest, purest form would be more costly, wouldn't it? Of course. If you want to take a wastewater, treat it to the level where there is zero impurities, yes, will be more costly than treat it to a level where it's acceptable, safe to be released to the environment, after mixing with the receiving environment because if you drink if you put something drink the water or take a shower uh you know mm-hmm. like you create a wastewater go use the washroom create a wastewater blah blah this wastewater eventually gets collected in the sewer system goes to the uh, wastewater plant it's treated not to a zero liquid uh contamination or zero liquid constituents treated to the level it's safely discharged into the environment because once you discharge it there is some mixing that takes place in the river and then after mixing, then the levels of these constituents in the river are meeting the standards for the aquatic uh, environment, you know, uh, to keep it healthy and safe, you know, and so on and so forth, right? And then once these standards are met, this is yeah. how people do uh, go about doing that business. It's not only done here, it's everywhere in the world, right? Yeah, yeah. When they have proper proper, you know, treatment uh, systems in place. Yeah, and we keep talking about these standards and we're still waiting to, to know what those standards will be. And I think one of the biggest challenges that... Um, you, uh, that uh, the industry is going to face here is how do you convince those who live in the area, who live along, let's say, the Athabasca River, all of those communities who are dependent on the water and the fish and the wildlife around there, that mm-hmm. it is safe. You know, you know, you can say it's safe. What if it's wrong? <laughs> yeah, no, the way standards, as far as I understand, uh, there is a mechanism to create those standards. 
based on some people like engineers like myself who research what are the different ways of treating those waters, right? Mm. And what would be the cost to treat it, uh, to operate and maintain these systems, you know? And then there will be also other work done by biologists, microbiologists, uh, you know, botanists or people who look at the health uh, of the ecosystem from, uh, you know, like fish, wildlife, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, invertebrates that look like that live on the bottom of these water systems, uh, you know, uh, you know, those aquatic plants or, you know, uh, and so on and so forth. They look at what are the impacts of these treated waters if these uh, uh, different ecosystems, you know, components are exposed to, right? And then research is done also on these aspects, right? Mm. So then at the end of the day, we come up with the best available uh, techniques or ways of treating those wastewaters, right? And then what are the impacts of these treated wastewaters if they are treated to this level or a level higher or a level higher and so on on these different components of the ecosystem. Once this is done, then we have all the knowledge that are used by those uh, Alberta Environment and Parks or Environment Canada, you know, uh, Health mm-hmm. Canada and so on and so forth to set up those standards in place, those numerical limits that are going to have to be met. Uh, then part of this exercise is to engage the stakeholders or mm-hmm. basically people who have interest in these things, you know, like local communities, industry, uh, you know, uh, and so on and so forth. And then this is where this political uh, process takes place with you know discussions you know uh, negotiations and this and that and this is and eventually uh, everybody agrees on certain limits or these standards or things that make up the standards and then once it's approved this is then it proceeds to the next level right uh, and that's how standards have been developed everywhere for wastewater, whether it's municipal or industrial. Before I let you go, so if the industry is able to meet the standards created by uh, the regulators, every, everything, you know, moves along, how would the wastewater, the treated water, be released? And, and how much at a time? Like, how would that unfold? Yeah, that's a very good question. Now, it becomes a different uh, exercise. People who do uh, basically um, water quality uh, management or engineering management of water quality, they would do some modeling of the river, right? The lower Athabasca River. In terms of, uh, if imagine during some times of the year, you have high flows and other times you have low flows. So during the high flows, you can discharge more. During low flows, you discharge less, right? And then they do modeling of the river to look at from, from the points of discharge, this will be the discharge uh, quantity and quality, and then it will be mixing with the river, with that flow rate in the river and the quality of the water in the river, and then it will be mixing. After the mixing, what will be the concentration so they can predict what will be the concentration in the river after the mixing, and then they make sure that after the mixing and along the mixing even zone when mixing uh, takes place, that the standards are being met. And there is something called acute mixing zone and then chronic mixing zone mm. following that. So you have to make sure these limits within those different mixing zones are met, right? That's actually an, another exercise that has to be done to co- f- confirm that after the treatment, at the end of the pipe, the treatment is done to that level, then comes out of the pipe, mixed with the river water, then we have those le- uh, levels in the river. Do they meet the standards or the aquatic uh, environment standards or not? Because there will be different standards, standards for treatment at the end of the pipe. Then standards for the receiving environment within the river itself or the lake itself. Do we meet those standards or not to protect this environment, right? So there is a lot of, sta- uh, not a lot, different types of standards that need to be developed. And then the modeling with, of the environment to predict what will be happening in the environment to make sure 
what will be the charge will be meeting those standards in terms of the mixing uh, with the river water uh, quantity and quality, right? Fascinating. Dr. Mohamed Gamal Al-Din, uh, thank you for joining me this afternoon. I sure appreciate your time and, and your expertise on, on this front. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Have a good day. So a Crown Indigenous Working Group has been working on uh, these oil sands, tailings, water release standings, uh, standards uh, since the beginning of the year. And the, the federal government wants to release the draft regulations in 2024, final regulations in 2025 under the Fisheries Act. We'll keep an eye on it. Science, absolutely fascinating. 911.